Can I please have anyone in this room that's under the age of 20 or 20 come over here with us? I need you. I need you. Elijah, Austin, just for fun. Just come. It's fun times. Thank you. Fun already. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to illustrate their need for constant prayer and to show them that they must keep praying until the answer comes. There was a city judge, he said, a very godless man who had great contempt for everyone. A widow of that city came to him frequently to appeal for justice against a man who had harmed her. The judge ignored her for a while, but eventually she got on his nerves. I fear neither God nor man, he said to himself, but this woman bothers me. I'm going to see that she gets justice, for she is wearing me out with her constant coming. Then the Lord said, if even an evil judge can be worn down like that, don't you think that God will surely give justice to his people who plead with him day and night? Yes, he will answer them quickly. But the question is, when I, the Messiah, return, how many will I find who have faith and are praying? God bless you. The gospel of the Lord. Okay, what did you get from that? Just give me a word or a phrase, or what did you hear? Something. What did you, what do you what's the message? That's why I brought you older folks over here. <laughs> because I thought it might go over the head of the younger ones. What did you get? on the right track not to be ignoring someone ask and you will receive there's no right there's no wrong answer Jesus said pray 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 often pray constantly don't lose heart keep praying and then there's this story about a judge who doesn't care about anybody and does isn't afraid of anybody and and he he just, he could care less, but she wears him down. And so finally, finally he gives in and says, oh, fine. Just to get her off his back. I know some of you have done that. <laughs> Never give up on what you think is right. Who... Is God in this story as one of the characters? The judge or the widow? Are we somebody in the story? The judge or the widow? Well, we'll go figure that out. <laughs> um, with a little help from your friends. All right. The, and I will give those of you who are staying in this room some my answer to that. Pray always. Pray, pray. Keep it up. Don't lose heart. And the youngest are going with Claudette, with Miss Claudette. Amen.
Please be seated. As I was getting ready for this sermon this week, this sermon on prayer, <clears throat> one of my favorite subjects of all time, I feel like I could just, where do I begin? Where do I stop? Um, a song was just stuck in my head. There was just a song that kept stuck in my head. This one song. It's not even a song I sing or really think of ever. So I call that God's work. One out of the southern African-American churches of the 1800s, there came this song. It's been sung in the fields and in the churches, in the funeral homes, from the depths of the hearts and souls of many. And while the author is a mystery, the hymn is widely known. And it goes like this. Sing along. Amen. No. <laughs> but I, we, we practically could, right? That song is a prayer. It expresses a willingness to change, a willingness for a closer relationship with God. Dear God, I want to walk closer with you. I want to be closer with you. Let it be. It's showing up. Prayer is mentioned in today's gospel. We heard the story. There's the nasty judge who doesn't care about anything. He's not afraid of anyone. The widow is pesky and determined, and she wears him down, and finally he gives in. Jesus tells us this story as a reminder to pray always. What's the connection? Here's the key. I'm going to give it to you right up front. The purpose of our constant prayer is not to change God's mind and wear God down, but it is an action that says something about us. Think about it. What does prayer say to God about you? In fact, what does prayer say to you about you? 
perhaps, that we care, that we're open, that we're willing, that we're hopeful, that we're faithful, or that we hope to grow in faith. We're trying, we're showing up. If nothing else, it conveys the message, I'm here. And as with more practice, we only get closer to God, a closer walk with thee. Prayer is relational. So this morning, consider God, if you have never before, as your BFF. BFF, best friend forever. That's what God wants. God wants to be our BFF. God yearns for that. And just as we get closer spending time with our own best friend in life, we do that by spending time together, by being in relationship. That's the same way that we get closer to God. We all know that feeling when you haven't spoken to a really, really close friend for a long time. You just pick up where you left off. Time doesn't matter. That's who God is for us. Always there, no matter what, no matter how long it's been, no matter what time the phone rings, picking up the phone, I'm here. No judgment, just love and an open ear. Every single time. So first, imagine God as your very, very best friend. And then acknowledge that a way that we connect with that very best friend is through prayer. Prayer is arguably the most spiritual thing that we do. The most common Greek word for prayer in the New Testament is prosuke. Pros means drawing close, getting closer. Aha, perfect, drawing closer to God. That's what prayer does. Everywhere it's used, it means that. Closer, face-to-face, -face, intimacy. The second part of the word, UK, describes a wish, a desire. In ancient times, a vow. It would often be a vow that somebody would make to God. Kind of a bargaining tool. And I don't think that's only in ancient times. Because a very good friend of mine who is a priest... When he was a young man in college, he wanted a car really badly. And he had an opportunity to get a car, a slight opportunity. And he prayed and he prayed and he prayed. And he, to this day, says, I pray, dear God, if you give me the car, I will devote my life to you. Seriously, he wanted that car. And he to this day, he's a phenomenal priest. If we're going to make a bargain, we got to keep up our end of the deal. So it is a vow. It's a wish. It's a desire. And in that, it draws us closer to God. We hear prayer over 500 times in the Bible. That word or word, pray, prayer. In the Old Testament, we read of prayers for everything you can imagine. Literally, no more frogs. 
No more flies or thunder or hail or serpents. We hear prayer, prayers for teaching, prayers in distress, prayers of thanksgiving, prayers for life, for pardon, for counsel. We read prayers for safety, for land and protection, for health, you name it. It's been prayed for. This week in youth group, one of the prayers, quite genuinely, was, Dear God, help me to jump higher. There was a specific reason for that prayer. May I say it? Because if this young man could touch the bottom of the basketball net, he would get out of running the lap at tennis. <laughs> Why the heck not? So we prayed. I hope it works. So why? Why do we do this? Why do we pray? I love the line, the way that Dietrich Bonhoeffer puts it. He was a German theologian, philosopher, pastor. He said, prayer is the break in the circle of anxious hesitations. Prayer is the break in the circle of anxious hesitations. It is a break. It strengthens our faith. It strengthens our love. It instills hope. It calms us down. It builds trust. It builds trust. Who in here has prayed to St. Anthony? Raise your hand. A few, like five. Who is St. Anthony? What do we know about him? St. Anthony was a Portuguese Catholic priest who died in like 1200 or something like that. A forceful preacher, an expert on scripture, a deacon at heart. And for some reason, the patron saint of lost things. You got to get to know him. The prayer goes, Tony, Tony, look around. Something's lost and must be found. Commit it to memory. It works. It builds trust. When you build that trust with Tony, you try it once and you find that lost thing. And then the next time you go back and you're like, I, I totally trust you now. And he's like, yeah, we're in a trust relationship. So I'm going to help you find this thing maybe even quicker than the last time. This week, my husband said, can't find our daughter's passport. She's going abroad. That's important. He didn't come to church on Sunday. Nice excuse, huh? He had to look for the passport. He tore the house up. He looked in every drawer. He went through every single paper. I got home. He said, why don't you try that Tony prayer? <laughs> because he couldn't try it, right? That's so silly. So I did it. I walked in her room, I said the prayer, Tony, Tony, look around, something's lost and must be found. I went through one bin, it wasn't there, I went to her desk, I opened the drawer, bingo, there it was. <laughs> works, don't you know I love to rub that in. It works every time. It builds trust. 
It works like that. God invites us into prayer. There's a wonderful book that Reverend Karen gave me this week called Prayer. Thank you. By Richard Foster. And there's a beautiful description of how we're invited into prayer. God, and I will interchange pronouns. God invites us into the living room of his heart where we can put on old slippers and share freely. God invites us into the kitchen of her friendship where chatter and batter mix in good fun. He invites us into the dining room of his strength where we can trust to our heart's delight. She invites us into the study of her wisdom where we can learn and grow and stretch and ask all the questions we want. Imagine that. He invites us into the workshop of his creativity where we can work together. She invites us into the bedroom of her rest where new peace is found. This house where we go to be with our best friend is where we know God and God knows us to the fullest. And the key is prayer. That's how you get in. You can get in simply by saying, dear God, I'm coming to spend time with you, my best friend. I'm here, best friend. I'm coming to spend time with you. I'm coming to spend time with you. You truly need to say nothing more. It can stop right there. If you're good at listening. Or if you want to get better at listening. Perhaps you've never prayed. Perhaps you don't believe in prayer or you're broken and bruised and don't know how to pick up the key. Perhaps you've prayed for years, but the words are getting a little lifeless and routine. Perhaps you're a prayer warrior and you delight in it and you welcome a new practice to draw you closer. All are welcome, all are welcome. Every time you pick up the key to the door, God is pleased. All are welcome. It doesn't matter. I read this week in a Pew Research report that 2% of atheists pray. I beg of you, drop all judgments that you think God holds of you and how you do or don't pray. God's just happy that you're opening the door. That you're willing, no matter what you did or didn't do or said or didn't say or destroyed or messed up or failed, God is happy that you've come and ready to listen. So we, we envision God as best friend. We show up with intention. God, I'm just here to spend time with you. And like I said, we could stop right there. But I have more. Drawing on our tradition from the Gospels, particularly Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says very specifically, go and pray by yourself. I think he says like in a closet. Don't be all showy about how you can do it on the grandstand and don't be wordy because God knows already what you need. 
So some may be asking themselves, well, then why bother? Why do I have to say anything at all if God knows what I need? Why do I have to come in the house? Why? Because God wants to hear from us. I'm sure you have that friend that you know everything about or you feel such an incredible closeness with that you feel sometimes you can read their mind. Does that closeness mean that you don't want them to call or come over and spend time with you? It's just like that. No, of course you do. Say whatever you want. And sometimes less is more. In Ecclesiastes, we hear, let your words be few. A simple help me is just fine. In preschool, you know, I'm chaplain to the preschoolers. Little three-year-old, I went in and their classroom, not in the chapel. I went in the classroom and I said, do you have a prayer? And she said, yes. What is it? Dear God, help me. That simple. But then I pried. And I said, help me what? And she said, help me to go to bed and to brush my teeth. And then I said, oh, and then what would you say thank you to God for? And she said, thank you for helping me to do those things. Out of the mouths of babes. So generally speaking, Jesus says, Go and pray with few words in private and in this way. Our Father, who art in heaven, we know the prayer. We'll say it soon. That's one suggestion. But there is no one right way. It's up to you. And we don't need to be shy or concerned about saying the right thing or shameful about not praying more or being unsure of exactly how to pray or even being uncertain of how we feel about God. None of that matters. So my next question is, what resonates most with you about prayer? What's your hook? What brings you in? I can admit I feel a little bit of a slight failure as a priest slash parent. Because I asked my kids this week, what's your hook? What, how, like, what do you, how do you pray? What do you use? What's the, what is it? What's the hook? My 11-year-old said, why are you asking an 11-year-old that? I said, you should hear the 3-year-old. And my 17-year-old, my swear, swear to God, said, it's, Dear God, thank you for I saw a deer in the woods. That's his hook. Because that's a prayer he said when he was three years old after we were driving in Connecticut. We saw a deer right in front of the car and it was so stunning. And that's his hook. That's what draws him in. Thank you for I saw a deer in the woods. My husband said, it's too personal. So I didn't pry. But I think we need a hook. And it can be anything. So what I want everybody, every single person, no matter the age, to take away today is what is the hook for you? And do you need a new one? Do you have one and do you need a new one?
or a different one, another one. Is your hook being quiet? Is it a meditative prayer? Is it praying, centering prayer where you practice listening to God? Is it in a particular chair, in a particular room? Is it in the bathtub or on a walk? Be open, as I'm saying, on spewing all these ideas out because something just might catch. Is it in a song? What song would you start your day with? Is it just a closer walk with thee? Is it Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen? Is it Amazing Grace by John Newton? Is it Oh Happy Day by Edwin Hawkins? Remember that one? Or Happy Day by Pharrell? Or Beautiful by Carol King? What resonates with you? How would you start your day in song, in prayer? I have a box of show and tell. Is it a rosary? Is it holding it? Is it having it in your pocket? Is it feeling the beads? Is it drawing you in? Is it just having this something to look at? Is that what it is for you? Or could it be? Don't get hung up on what you're supposed to say. It doesn't really matter. You could say God, 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 all the way around. It doesn't matter. It's a, it's a door in. Is it exercise when you can pray and come to God and say, I'm just here to spend time with you? When you're running or stretching or walking or surfing or doing yoga or bike riding? Is it reading? Is it reading a daily devotion? I wake up every morning to a daily devotion, meditation, prayer from a monastery that I love. It's the first thing I look at. The first thing every day. It's short. It has one key word. I like it or I don't. I, I read more or I don't. It just starts my day. Is it reading a prayer card? Is it one of these that you have that somebody gave you? Maybe it's a funeral card with a beautiful prayer that you love. Is it a psalm? Is it a book? Is it the prayer book? Is it scripture? Is it the daily office? Is it writing? Is it journaling? Is it writing an affirmation every morning, a prayer, and putting it on the fridge or the counter or the mirror? Do you write a letter to God about what you feel? Is it reciting a prayer or something that you know by heart, like the Lord's Prayer or the Prayer of St. Francis or the Serenity Prayer? For you prayer warriors, is there something you've done in the past that you need to get back to? Is there something that draws you in or that you have moved away from, you want to move back to, or that's nudging you to try, that you're kind of afraid of. Perhaps before we ask for forgiveness, which we are freely given, we can first come in prayer forgiving who we need to forgive. Maybe that's the stretch for you. Maybe before you ask for something, you come to prayer with gratitude for what you have. Maybe that is the stretch for you in prayer. 
What should we expect from prayer? We should expect a closer walk with thee. And what it sounds like and looks like and feels like is different for every single person. It's a journey. It's yours. Nobody's charting it or judging it. Nobody. But it is important. It's vital to our well-being. It's vital. That's why the scripture says, pray constantly. Keep it going. Keep it up. Don't lose the faith. Because prayer builds faith and vice versa. Get yourself a hook if you don't have one. A phrase or a word or an action or a song. Something that opens that door for you every day. Maybe it's come Holy Spirit. Or here I am Lord. Maybe it's make me an instrument of your peace. Or thank you, God. Or how great are you, God. Or you are with me. Or Lord, have mercy. Maybe it's my God set me on fire for something. Maybe it's all is well. From the preschool, what they taught me is this one. Good morning or evening, dear Jesus. This day is for you. And I ask you to bless all I think, say, and do. Amen.